0: Thank you to the worship team. If it felt like that was a little bit uh, shorter worship set than normal, that is because it was, and uh, we kind of, being that today is a special Sunday, uh, we have a little bit different order of worship, Uh, but before we get into that, last week uh, I was up here and Remember, I had this lawn chair because I was trying to illustrate Jonah sitting, waiting for the Ninevites to be uh, destroyed. Well, someone took a picture, and then inevitably they Photoshop it, and uh, someone told me the only thing that's missing is the swimming pool. You should be jumping in. Well, today's our lucky day because I'm going swimming today. Today is Baptism Sunday, which is, uh, in my opinion, this is the best Sunday of the whole year. We do Baptism Sunday twice a year. This is, my be- this is my favorite Sunday, mainly because we get to hear specific stories about how God has worked in someone's life and how God has saved them. It is, uh, and so today is a special day. Uh, and so before I introduce these that will be getting baptized today and uh, we get into talking about baptism, let me open by asking you a question. Uh, have you ever had a moment in your life that changed everything? Have you ever had a moment that as soon as you walked away from that, you thought things are going to be different now. This changes everything. Maybe it was a phone call that you got that you knew everything was different from that point on. Maybe it was meeting someone for the first time. Maybe it was a meeting that you had or, or a meal that you shared with someone, but you walked away from that moment and you knew this changes everything. Fifteen years ago, I had a day in my life that definitely changed uh, the course of my life forever. And, it was, and so I'm not talking about just a moment, but a, but a whole day. Uh, I was living in Louisville, Kentucky at the time, and I had been invited by a church to fly out here to California and uh, on that day I interviewed for a job and I preached at the church and then the church gathered and they took a vote and they invited me to uh, to be their pastor And uh, I accepted, and so I had a career change, so to speak. This was the first church I would pastor. I got a new job. If I move out, that means I'm going to move all the way across the country. But I also knew if I'm going to move all the way across the country, I'm bringing somebody with me. And I was dating Chelsea at the time, and so I met with her parents that night, and I asked for permission uh, to marry their daughter, which after a long, hard conversation, they agreed to. No, it it was very pleasant, but uh, it was a, now that's a day, is it not? You get a career change, you get a job, you move across, you decide to move across the country, and you get permission to marry someone. That's a day. That's a day that obviously altered the whole course of my life, And, uh, and today I want us to think about a decision that you could make that would make even a bigger change in your life. Because I want to impress upon us today that when we receive Jesus into our lives, that's a day, that's a moment that changes everything. Jesus has the power to change everything. This morning we're going to hear some testimonies. And these are wonderful testimonies about how God has saved a a marriage about God, how God has healed someone's body in ways that the doctors could not explain, about how God has rescued people from feelings of guilt and shame and has forgiven their, their sins. And I just hope that we walk out of this room thinking, wow, God has the power to change everything. And so if you were to think in your minds this morning, what is one thing that you would like God to change in your life right now. No matter how long you've been a Christian, think of something. Maybe it is a relationship that you would like to have healed. Maybe it is a difficulty that you're having at school or at work. Maybe there's a decision that you need to make, and you want God's guidance and His wisdom to make the right decision. Or maybe it is something that's causing you great anxiety, and you'd like God's assurance and peace that Everything's going to be okay related to a health scare or financial difficulties or or whatever it is. Uh, what would you like for God to change in your life? Spiritually speaking, some of you, uh, maybe what you need to have changed in your life more than anything is for you to give your life to God. Deep down inside, you know that You are not right with God, that if you were to die today, you would not have the assurance of heaven. And so at the end of today's sermon, my hope is that everyone can leave this room with the understanding that God has the power to change everything for the better. And so those that will be sharing their testimonies will share about how God has changed their life and how God has the power to change these things that we may be going through in our lives. Baptism goes all the way back to the first pages of the New Testament. In the first pages of the New Testament, we read about a person who has the name John the Baptist. His real name is John, and uh, Baptist is not his last name or the church he attends. He's not... John the Baptist as opposed to John the Presbyterian. Uh, this, this is a nickname that he got because he is baptizing so many people. In fact, as we read about John, that people are coming out to him in droves. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people that are coming out to meet John the Baptist because of, uh, uh, because of the message that he has. And so we read in Matthew 2.5, it says, People went out to him from Jerusalem... And all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. So from the cities and from the surrounding villages, they are all coming out into the wilderness to meet this guy. And what is it that so many people are attracted to about John? Well, it could be because quite uh, he looks like a crazy man. Very few people in the Bible were given a description of their appearance. John is one of the few people that we we have a description of, the, of his wardrobe. It says that John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. So, in other words, this guy's a crazy guy. And uh I, he's wearing this camel's, he's wearing this vest of camel's hair. He's got this big uh leather belt, and if that's not enough, he's gonna just take scoops of honey out of the honeycomb and the locusts there. I don't know how he's getting the locust. Somehow he gets the locusts and mixes them all together, and that's his lunch. And people are coming out, Not and, and part of it is just because he appears to be so strange, but really the reason is, is because his message is connecting with them. His message is summarized in verse 2 of Matthew 2. He says, This is his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's a whole summary of his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The word repentance comes from a Greek word, metanoia, and it literally means to change one's mind or or your way of thinking. In other words, uh, John is challenging people to change the way they think about their whole lives or change the way they think about the world around them. And uh, the people are there and surely many of them, their minds are fixed on the things that are right around them, earthly things how to be successful in acquiring wealth, things that are surely not so different than the way we look at the world today. And John is telling them to uh, change their mindset so that they begin to think of the things in an eternal perspective. He talks about it as the kingdom of heaven, to begin to think about the things that will last forever. I think all of us deep down inside, we want our lives to have meaning, to have significance and John is challenging people to, to think about their, way, uh, their lives, to think differently uh, so that their lives will matter for something. And how he describes that is he describes entering into the kingdom of, of heaven or the, the kingdom of the heavens. You see, heaven we know as, as being the place where God dwells. It's uh, Sometimes we think of it as a place in the sky, but it is a, a place where God's presence is. And it's a place, a place where God's will is done perfectly. So when Jesus taught us to pray in the Sermon on the, on the Mount, he says, Your will be done on earth just as it is done in heaven. This is a place where God's will is done. This is a place where God's presence is. And, G- and John is saying uh, to repent and to receive the kingdom of heaven, for it is right at hand. It says it's right near. It is able to be grasped and brought into our lives. And so, what John is saying is receive God into your life in such a way that the power and the presence of God comes and dwells in you. Now, that is a way that God can change our lives. That is how God changes everything. You see, John's message that was given some 2,000 years ago is a message that is for us as well to change our thinking to begin to take our minds just of off, off of earthly things and those things that have no long-term value and to begin to think of the kingdom of heaven, begin to think of ourselves as living with God under His reign, with His power. It is a powerful message. But even as John preaches this, he says that there is one who comes who is even more powerful than he is. He says in verse 11, I baptize you with water for repentance. So in other words, we're going to go up into this baptismal tank and we're going to practice water baptism. In a sense, we're doing John's baptism. But John is saying that there is a baptism that is even more important than that. In fact, John's baptism will eventually become to signify the baptism that Jesus offers. He says, After me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So the one John is referring to here is Jesus himself. He is the one that will come after John. We're going to see that here in a moment as we continue on in the story. But Jesus describes John's baptism as a baptism with Holy Spirit and fire. And I want to take a moment to unpack that as well. Because really what we are talking about this morning, with each of these individuals that will come and share their testimonies, is we're talking about doing a, a baptism in water, but it is a baptism that signifies the baptism of Jesus within their hearts. And that is, Jesus' baptism is what is so transformational. That His baptism, His coming into our lives, filling our lives, is uh, what changes everything. Baptism literally means to immerse. I don't know if you knew that or not, but the Greek word baptizo uh, means to immerse. Now, some churches I know baptize by sprinkling. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it is all symbolic. But we choose to baptize by, Im- by immersing people in the water because of, the, because of the symbolic nature of that. But, and, and I'll go into that in a, in a moment. But when we talk about being baptized with the baptism that Jesus has, in other words, to be filled, to be immersed... With what he is offering us. The first thing he says is, it is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, when we become Christians, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. That is part of why Jesus changes everything. When you become a Christian, and it's kind of hard to explain to those that have never experienced this, but uh, when you become a Christian, God's Spirit comes and lives inside of you. The Bible describes the the Godhead as having three persons. We call it the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in this passage, we're actually going to see all three members of the Trinity. But here it says that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, uh, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is a longing that dwells, that, is, that exists in every person's heart that only the Spirit of God can satisfy. And I know that from experience. I know that from having so many conversations with people that know that there is something in them that, that doesn't quite feel right, that they have a longing that only God can satisfy and when the Holy Spirit comes in them, they begin to experience something within their own hearts that their hearts were longing for. Now the second thing that it talks about here in Jesus' baptism is it says that he baptizes you with fire. That's a little bit harder one to explain. But, the, but we, get a, we go a long ways if we understand that in the, in the Bible, fire oftentimes represents judgment. And so what, uh, Jesus, what John is saying here in talking about Jesus' baptism is that when Jesus comes into our lives, he burns away all those things in us that are dead and keeping us from God. Those things that would bring God's judgment upon us. In California, uh, we know of wildfires, right? Right? And uh, wildfires would actually be quite good for, the, for nature if it wasn't for the fact that they destroy homes and communities. Uh, if, it was, if there was no uh, habitation around, it would be good for the fire to burn through the mountains and burn up all of the dead trees and, and plants so that the seeds that were under the ground could sprout new life. And when we receive Jesus into our life, in many ways that's what happens Jesus comes and he burns away all of those things in us that are keeping us from God and keeping us from being able to live the life that God wants us to live. It is a baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. Now as John was teaching these things, one began to make his way through the crowd. And uh, as he got closer, John recognized This is the person that I have been anticipating, Jesus himself. And uh, now, John knew Jesus because they were cousins. So he knew him not only because they had played flag football on Thanksgiving mornings, or whatever relatives do, surely it wasn't flag football on Thanksgiving morning, but you get my point. Uh, He knew them because somehow John had come to know that Jesus would be the one that God had sent to be the Savior of the world. And so John, Jesus sees John coming. He says, no, no, no. You're not coming here so that, uh, that I might baptize you. You ought to be baptizing me. But this is how Jesus responds. He says, uh, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And I'm sure we could talk about that statement for a long time. What does it mean to fulfill all righteousness? But for the sake of time, let me just boil it down to one very simple idea. That Jesus was doing this as an act of obedience to God. That God wanted him to do it. And so if we were to ask ourselves, what is baptism for us? It is, first of all, a step of obedience to God. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, He gave the Great Commission, part of which says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And that's how we will baptize people today, and that's the practice of the early church. God wants you to be baptized. And so I'll challenge you this morning that if you have that if you have placed your faith in Jesus and you have never been baptized, God wants you to be baptized. It doesn't mean that you're not a Christian, but it is an act of uh, it is an act of obedience, a step of faith, and so He wants you. It is a step of obedience to God. And then the second thing I want to say about baptism is that baptism is also a way for God to announce that someone is forgiven, loved, and part of, the, of his family. Now, they're already forgiven, loved, and a part of God's family, but this is in some ways an announcement. God is uh, announcing that this, that this is who they are now. They have maybe changed teams where once they were opposed to God and now they are on God's team. They're in his family and so it's his announcement of that. When Jesus came up out of the water, God gave an announcement over his son Jesus. I want to read this because I think this is one of the most beautiful pictures in all of the Bible. Verses 16 and 17 of Matthew chapter 2. As Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. That is one of the most gratifying passages in all the Bible. I would love to have been there that day to see Jesus coming out of the water and to see the heavens open and the Spirit of God coming down upon Jesus like a dove and then hearing the voice of God the Father, this is my Son whom I love, with Him I am well pleased. Every one of us, I think this is hardwired in us and and I hope you'll hear this because In my mind, this is the most important part of today's message. Uh, Every one of us has hardwired within us a desire to be loved by our parents and to know that our parents are proud of us. You know, I've got two young kids at home and I try to express that to the best of my ability, but I am sure I have failed a hundred times over and I'll fail a thousand times again because that desire never goes away. I'm in my 40s and I still long to know that my parents are proud of me. There's something in us that we want to know that our parents love us and are proud of us. The problem is, All of us have earthly parents who are imperfect at expressing those things to us. All of us are are hurt in some ways because we wonder if we have pleased our parents or or we're not able to receive the love as much as our our hearts long for. And, And that's the result of the fall and result of sin. But that desire does not go away. In fact, I think ultimately the only way that those desires that are hardwired in us are satisfied is when we receive uh, these words from God himself. You see, I talked about this morning, I wanted you to picture what would you want God to change in your life. And I want to emphasize that whatever came to your mind is ultimately altered and changed by the good news that you are a child of God who is loved by God, that he looks upon you and he wants to express how pleased he is with you. Not that he is pleased with everything that he has done, but he looks upon you with such care, he is proud of you as his son or his daughter And you see, if we can just get that news to sink into our our minds and our hearts, it really does change everything. In fact, if we can really grasp how much God loves us, how pleased he is with our lives, it transforms our hearts so that the healing relationship that we need, we begin to be able to, to interact with that person in such a way that it changes that. the desire for peace within our hearts, the anxiety over a situation that we may have, it doesn't necessarily, when God comes into our lives, it doesn't necessarily mean that that changes, but it changes the way we think about it. Because now we realize that we are loved by God and that He would not let anything come into our lives which is not ultimately for our good. The decision that we have to make, the, uh, that we are wrestling with in our own minds, we begin to see that differently because we recognize that we are under the reign of God. That He looks upon us and He says, You are my son, you are my daughter, that I love you and that I am well pleased with you. You see, Jesus really does has the, have the power to change everything. Everything. And the way He does that is by changing our hearts and by helping us to realize how much He loves us and how He looks upon us and we are His children. That is true of every person that receives Jesus as their Savior and Lord. In fact, if you've come into this sanctuary this morning, if you've never made that decision, and maybe you have been coming to church for years, and maybe this is your first time coming through these doors, I would love for this to be a day where you'd say, I'd like to receive the love of God into my life. I'd like to enter into God's family. In fact, that's such an important decision that Pastor Darren and and myself, we'll, we'll just stay at the front of the sanctuary for a few minutes afterwards. Come and talk to us, and we'd love to, to celebrate that with you and pray with you. We'll, we'll be at the front of the sanctuary after the service. Both of us have meetings to attend to, but this is the most important thing that could happen today. It is, the, it is a decision that will change everything in your life, and in, I invite you to receive that in. You see, baptism is a way for God to announce. He proclaims it, and He is proclaiming it to every one of us this morning if we were to receive it into our hearts, that we are forgiven, that we are loved, that we are a part of His family. If I was to give an official definition of baptism, this is what it is. Baptism is a public declaration expressing a personal decision of faith in Jesus. So, in other words, it's something that takes place within someone's heart that they've been saved and they've re- placed their faith in Jesus, and now this is a public declaration before the whole church that they are identifying with God and asking uh, and asking us to celebrate that and to support them as they continue to walk in faith with Him. So as I said, we have four individuals who are baptized this morning, and uh, I'm going to invite them to come forward now. I'll call them up one at a time, and, uh, and when I call your name, you can come, and Pastor Darren is going to uh, give them their certificate of baptism as they come forward. With each person, after each person, I invite you to welcome them with uh, some applause, and it's not just to welcome them, but it is also a, an offering of thanksgiving to God. As we clap, it's, a, it's really a praise offering because of what God has done in their lives. So first of all, Judy Shimizu, please come forward. Andrew Fajida Adam Ramirez and Alyssa Ramirez.